We have a bombshell exclusive, never before seen episode exposing the truth and other things people say to get views on YouTube on this bonus episode of IndieThinker. All right, so before we jump into the show, make sure you give some love to our sponsor, Element Funding, and the Kevin Blair team. If you're brave enough to jump into the real estate market at this crazy time where everybody's looking for a house, and you're looking for a Class A customer service experience that you likely won't get from a big bank, then you need to go to my friends over at KevinBlairTeam.com. You need to see today how they can help you and how they can help you get pre-qualified for a home loan for whatever your housing needs are. All right, so I started the video today uh, the way I did because I think it's important to make a distinction. I realize there are two kinds of YouTube videos and perhaps more, but there's those that dunk on people to score points to build a brand and those that wish to truly analyze ideas and have conversations. I truly hope my channel provides videos that are the latter. I'm not interested in shock value or trashing other people online. We have enough of that. I'm interested in your thinking and my thinking. At a time where it is harder and harder to discern the truth, I hope that videos like the ones I make will help you mentally and morally. In the video today, David Platt is not only important because he's a pastor of a top 10 church in America, but is, but he's mostly incidental to the ideas that I want to discuss. So I want to appeal to all of you here that there's a difference between criticism and critique, and we desperately need to critique ideas, and we need to be okay with the reality that to tell the truth sometimes you risk offending people, and for the truth's sake, it is worth it as long as you are not callous to the possibility of hurting others. So last week, I posted a video on some things that have been going on at David Platt's church, specifically some things that he has been saying. The hope in that video was to try to encourage healthy dialogue through limiting the emotional narratives that are so much clogging up the airwaves these days. I think the video was very poignant, so I really want to encourage you to go check that out if you haven't seen it. But I wanted to follow up to talk about some things that are actually going on directly at David Platt's church right now as a result of some of the things that, uh, that David Platt has said and others have said. So here is a Washington Post article about this very thing. The leaders of McLean Bible, one of the D.C. region's largest and most high-profile evangelical churches, are facing attempts from its own members to spread disinformation to take control of the church. Pastor David Platt warned the congregation in a sermon earlier this month. Last month, the church was supposed to vote in new elders who oversee the church, and a group tried to shore up enough votes to block the appointed leaders. In a sermon on July 4th, Platt said the group told other church members as they were walking into the meeting that the new elders would try to persuade church leadership to sell the church's building in Vienna, Virginia, to local Muslims who would build a mosque. All right, so there's a lot already in that article that you just saw from the Washington Post, of all things. So I, I know Christians get a little bit squeamish when we start talking about pastors and talking about churches, but this is meant to actually talk about what, what's going on so that, we can, so that we can understand it more than anything and so that we can kind of analyze the ideas surrounding what's going on at Platt's church. But, I mean, the Washington Post thought that it was important to talk about this, so they wrote a whole article about it. Needless to say, I, I do think it's ironic to point one thing out, that uh, they— that 
Platt seems to be using what is a uh, tactic that many people on the left are presently using, and that is to declare anything that they don't like or anything that uh, comes against them as misinformation or disinformation. It is all over the left-leaning news media outlets, outlets especially right now, as it associ it's associated to to COVID. So when I say left-leaning news media outlets, I mean basically all news media outlets just to declare anything misinformation or disinformation as white right-wing extremist content if it disagrees with me and this is something that is a tactic that has been used by the left a lot especially lately needless to say um i don't know that it's as simple as that and really this video is to kind of just drill down into the specifics, the dynamics of what's going on, because I think it's a absolutely riveting story that shows us kind of the way people act and certainly kind of what's going on in society right now. And I think it's very, very valuable. Uh, to kind of illustrate what's going on, let me tell you, and then I'll try to kind of paint two pictures for you. So essentially what is taking place is, as far as I can gather, as, some, as a result of some messaging that's come out of McLean Bible Church from David Platt and other pastors, there are some people that have uh, taken issue with some of the social justice messaging from the, the pulpit. And as a result, there are people who have started to kind of, uh, I would say spread rumors, but also started to kind of fester an idea of dissatisfaction among the leadership. And so recently there was a vote that the church members were participating in for some leadership at the church, and that vote was blocked by some people who are disappointed uh, by what's going on. And then obviously what seems like a ludicrous idea is that those people uh, accused Platt and others at, in the leadership of the church of trying to vote in leadership who would agree to sell the church so that they could then sell that church to uh, a, a, a Muslim group that would build a mosque on that church. So I, I know at first glance, that seems like, okay, these people are spreading baseless rumors, and that is exactly what Platt is accusing them of. But but I think that we need to be a little bit more careful and nuanced in the way that we approach this. And just simply in, in this regard, I believe there's something deeper going on right now that is happening a lot in society today. So before we get there, I want to show you kind of two opposing views here from two different YouTube personalities who are talking about this story right now. So the first one is Ruslan. I've talked about Ruslan before. He's a Christian hip-hop artist or whatever you may call him, a podcaster, YouTube personality. And so he talks about what's going on at, at Platt's church. And, um, and I'll let you see it for yourself and I'll kind of give you the gist of where he's going with his video. There became some controversy with them attempting to swear in some elders and some folks within the church and from without the church, from outside the church, started spreading misinformation because they didn't want specific elders to get sworn in. The type of lies that were spread from members within and without. So check this out. He says, as people are coming in, they, they, they got people's information. They started telling them about all kinds of wild stuff. <laughs> Now you might. <laughs> it's like <laughs> your friend. You don't want the. You don't like the direction of the church. So what are you gonna do? You gonna blame the Muslims and just make up something? All right. So Ruslan seems pretty sure that what's going on at David Platt's church directly from David Platt's mouth is what should be uh, trusted and heard. And and I'll be the first to admit, I love David Platt. I respect him greatly. He's preached some amazing messages, and he's a uh, lover of the Word of God and the Bible, just, just as I am. Uh, but he seems to be taking just David's word for it and just 
kind of pointing fun at the members of McLean Bible Church for the way that they're approaching this thing. Now, there may be room for some of that, but the one thing I would just tell you is this, is that cultural Marxism is no laughing matter. Embracing liberal theology and cultural Marxism, like the author of the Communist Manifesto. Communist. It's the communist, guys. And it is absolutely infesting the halls of almost every institution, including the church in America today. So um, <laughs> obviously, I know you can you can create a boogeyman uh, for anything, and then everything becomes cultural Marxism. But I, I don't believe that it's really that uh, that far-fetched to believe that David Platt's church right in the vicinity of Washington, D.C., where, let's face it, the vast majority of people are left-leaning. That's why they want to turn it into the 51st state. Uh, they want to turn Washington, D.C. into a state. Um, and uh, uh, Mariel Bowser just said this just recently. Invested in me as mayor of Washington, D.C., which will someday be the 51st state. There's reason to believe that there may be uh, more than meets the eye to what's to what's really going on here. So let me give you an alternative perspective, and this is another YouTube personality. This guy's name is A.D. Robles. He is uh, somebody who comments a lot about church issues and uh, very often has kind of a different take uh, than than perhaps Ruslan would on, on most issues. So I'll let you hear him, and then maybe you'll get a flavor for maybe what other people are saying about this issue. Almost all of the questions we have heard are less about God's word and more about what this blog or that Facebook post says, as if those sources of information are anywhere close to the authority of this word. All right, we're going to stop right there. Now, Now, Ruslan is going to comment on this, uh, of course, just believing everything David Platt says. But David Platt, let me just say this in a, as, as clear a way as possible. He is lying through his teeth. And we have the receipts on this. Here is a document that is it was posted to Capstone Report yesterday. This 35-page document, again, I don't agree with every biblical case that they make here, but it is all about the Bible and what the Bible says and what it doesn't say and what uh, David Platt is teaching it says and how it's wrong. It is all about that. And I went through almost all of this. And I have to say, I, I stopped counting how many biblical references are in. It's got to be over 100 uh, when you get down to the bottom of it. I stopped counting because there's just so much. And um, there's they do reference a blog. I saw them reference the Statement on Social Justice, which itself references Scripture and biblical cases and theology for why certain things are wrong or whatever. Uh, so so I don't know if that, that counts as a negative. Like, yes, it is a blog, but it is all about the Scripture, of course, written by pastors and theologians and stuff like that, not just some random dude. So, so that— this statement where he says it has more to do with blogs that are the people are claiming are like just as authoritative as this Bible, that is false. All right, so, you, so, so it seems clear. All right, so it seems clear that A.D. Robles is kind of saying that maybe this has more to do with the fact that Platt is mischaracterizing his congregation through all of this. And I believe the truth is somewhere in the middle and that these two parties seem to be kind of talking past each other, as they often do in these situations. Um, and, and I think that ultimately it has something to do with this, is that it's easy to mischaracterize your enemies when you are talking past them. 
Not everyone in Platt's church is a MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporter who's drawing issue with his social justice warrior messaging. And David Platt is likely not a Christian Marxist. The truth? Platt's congregation feels betrayed because of Platt's messaging. And Platt feels betrayed because of his church's response to it. So to the congregation, and ultimately this is to each and every one of us, uh, because I don't know that anybody in this congregation is going to be watching this video. Communication is low when emotions are high. We have to be so incredibly careful of this today because there are a bunch of emotional narratives that are taking people by captive, uh, taking people captive and, and allowing us to throw aside reason and then to jump on emotional ideas. But then I would also say this to people like Platt. People have a right to be alarmed when they hear cultural talking points echoed in their church. The church better hold its leaders accountable when that happens. If pastors are willing to talk about critical race theory, post-black squares, talk about BLM and the 1619 Project from their, from their pulpits, but never stand up against the genocidal acts of Planned Parenthood against black and brown bodies, then they lose credibility in the eyes of their congregation. So the reality is, though, too, is that I want to be honest about this. David Platt has been somebody who has been a defender of truth, stood up for uh, the Bible. I've never heard it, but I'm almost 100% positive David Platt's preached about biblical sexuality and traditional marriage, and I know he's preached about abortion in some very stirring ways. So the real issue is then this, is that when pastors start to say things that don't seem like them, and they, and they start to say things that don't make sense logically, people can only inevitably ask the question, where is this coming from, like this Matt Chandler clip. This is the refrain of the Bible over and over and over again. Let the nations be glad. Let the nations be glad. Let the nations be glad. It's not about a group of white folk in English. All right, so you have to forgive my juvenile mind, but as I was watching that Matt Chandler clip, who, by the way, is a very high-profile pastor as well, I couldn't help but think about that thing we used to do as kids where we'd take our sibling's hand and we'd make them hit themselves in the face and say, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? And I couldn't help but think about that because when he says, you know, that this is a text that people uh, read and, uh, and say, well, this is obviously speaking to white evangelical Westerners. Like literally no one thinks that rather on an implicit or explicit basis. So I can only imagine that like when he gets an adverse reaction, which maybe that's what he's after from, from people in his congregation, he says, well, why are you upset about that? Why are you upset about that? Are you a racist? And no, the reality is that people have an adverse reaction to that suggestion because literally no one thinks what you just said. So it makes people in his congregation, makes people like myself say, then if that's true, objectively speaking, that literally no one is saying this, why are you suggesting it? What's behind the suggestion? Especially when it comes from a person that we love and respect and have listened to for many years. So I believe I've seen this a lot in 18 years of full-time ministry. What I think is happening is something I call the kindness principle. Now, the kindness principle states that you must say or do X or you are unkind. This looks like this. I prefer you call me by these gender pronouns, and if you don't, you are unkind. Given the scenario, most Christians are apt to go ahead and concede due to human sympathy demanded by our basic tenets of faith. And they also simply do a quick uh, cost-benefit analysis and say, would I want to argue with this person or just go about my day? So, however, in the act of this concession, we are being asked to do much more than show cordiality. We are being asked to accept a set of philosophical assertions that deny basic biblical principles, scientific reality, and the nature of truth. 
So here we have what so many pastors has, have suffered from recently. The extortion of leftists is working, and many pastors are giving in to emotional narratives that they feel compelled to accept, all the while forgetting that still the most loving thing you can do is be honest. This is why I often say your sympathy is nowhere near as powerful as the truth. So it's my basic assertion that Platt is a victim of this principle, the kindness principle. His church has responded to him adopting this principle, and now an acrimonious split seems inevitable. So what's the point? Platt is not the only one suffering from this principle. Our whole society is falling for this false dichotomy. And, and we have to realize, when we're dishonest, no one wins. A while back, relevance in the church became the main goal of the church, and now we realize as the leftist postmodern agenda begins to possess all of our institutions, we cannot afford to be relevant to a culture that moves further and further away from Christian principles. Our greatest strength as the church has always been the countercultural message of Jesus. If we lose that, we are not kind. We are toothless lions. Well, I'd love to hear what you have to say, maybe about the kindness principle, maybe about that Washington Post article uh, and what's going on at David Platt's church. We'll put that down in uh, the notes below. You can access that article and the sources that were used in, uh, in this talk. But I'd love to hear what you think about that. Put that down in the comments section below. Thanks so much for watching. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.